There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is a trend in the dating world today. Oh dear. That I was just made aware of. Oh, oh boy. And I'm not happy about it, Tom. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. There we go. It. Ring the alarm, everyone. Liz isn't happy Liz, with Liz something. Liz isn't happy. Well, the trend is of calling yourselves exclusive, but not saying boyfriend or girlfriend. There's two extra steps that I didn't have back when I was still dating people. Uh, okay. okay. I, clarification is demanded on this. So two people say, hey, Yeah. Let's- I had a friend say to me the other day, it came about because I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I said, oh my God, so have you got a boyfriend? She goes, well, yeah, we're exclusive. And mm. I said, oh, so he's your boyfriend. And she's like, no, but we're exclusive. Right. And I was like, is there a difference? She's like, oh yeah, it's like being engaged to be engaged. Like it's, it's you're, you're not fucking other people, but that, but you're not committed enough to want to call each other boyfriend or girlfriend yet. And I'm not about that. I think it's horse shit. Yeah, it's a step. Le- it's a it's a step. It's a needless step. It's b- I've got my toes in the water, but I'm also firmly on dry land. Yeah, this bullshit. Get in the pool. Betwixt singlehood and dating someone, you're just on the. Is this? Just- why do you think people do it though? Oh, why do people do any sort of wanky self attention, gra- like attention grabbing seeking? Is it I so don't you can know. be like, I don't know. I have I'm no exclusive idea. with you, but if I decide to fuck somebody else, you were never my girlfriend. Notice how is, I'm gendering is, this automatically that, that it's the yeah, guy that's d- fucking up. Ding, ding, ding. I suppose that's it. Of course, with all of those dreams, I started buying up magazines, wedding magazines. Mm-hmm. Cutting out all of the dresses that I wanted, um, uh, I picking out um, bouquets and things like that. I put together collages. Were and you engaged at this point? Or no, no, I was not. <laughs> okay. No, I no. was just all 20 right, and stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No um, judgment. <laughs> That's right. I judge myself for the both of us. <laughs> um, yeah. And then not long after that, um, my dad decided that he didn't like his little girl living in sin. And so he was going to kind of give us a bit of a nudge. And he had seen this wedding venue that he had really liked. Oh, man. And that's my dad. He's, <laughs> oh, bless his little soul. He's, yeah, very much like that. So he he said, well, um, I've met with the... <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my jaw just hit the floor. Yes. When he's, yep. Uh, may, met, I, may I briefly inquire how long you and <laughs> your Justin, Justin less Tristan, than a year, less than a year. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Less than a year. We were very serious about each other. In fairness, but it's one thing to talk about it and to go. This is somewhere in our future. I'm happy with and to meet that. with and then to meet with an event coordinator. <laughs> Mm, yeah. yeah, it is amusing. I'll, I'll give it that. It yeah. is amusing. Oh my gosh. So yeah, and then he had left for work, and Dad was like, "You know, I've 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 met with this event coordinator. She's really good, and this this venue's lovely. Um, 
maybe we could go have a meeting with her today. <laughs> today? <laughs> Come on. Let's and see some enthusiasm. Could, and you could pretend you're engaged. <laughs> and just make up a date and we'll say the date got changed around later on. Right. Yeah. We could do we could we could do Mayhaps those things. We could. We could go to a this wedding planner a and say I'm engaged and we we yeah, we're going to book this telling venue. the person that I'm dating at all. We could do all these all of these things, father. You're right. Yes. So he's like, "Oh, you've got that ring." So I had a <laughs> ring that was given to me by my great grandmother. Yeah. It was a beautiful garnet ring. Got the ring? And he said, "Put it on that put it on the other hand." So I did because I was 20 and you must obey your father. Um, so me and mum and dad, we went down oh, to this wedding venue and we told the event coordinator, who was a lovely lady in fairness, like she was just so lovely and she went along with every everything we said. You're a good actress. Yeah, yeah. And um, showed us all around and said, I can email you all of these links and the packages and everything like that. And I loved the venue. Um, and yeah, so I, I fell in love with the venue and the idea of getting married just seemed that much closer. Um, and then Tris came home that afternoon. Yes. Mm. And was very surprised when I told him what had happened. (laughs) And by this, so by this point, you've kind of bought the vision, right? Because you've seen, initially you're like, what, this is weird. I'm not going to go. I took out the the mortgage on the vision. It's so hard to explain, but for me, I realized I, I, I did a lot of reading up and research on um, the, the idea of compulsory heterosexuality and the way that it's thrust upon women. And we are told basically to seek out and to, to feel really validated by male uh, approval, specifically, you know, sexual validation being sexually appealing to men. And, um, you know, without going into too much detail, I didn't... Uh, have a sort of proper father figure growing up. So um, I did always feel it was like this bottomless pit with needing male validation and sex did seem to always be the way, you know, the main most powerful way to get that. Mm. Um, But I realized when I was having completely uh, conscious, sober sex with women, women, uh, the kind of sex that I was super present for, you know, emotionally like and mindful and, and, sex. Yeah. Mindful sex that what I had thought was what sex was supposed to feel like and what was pleasurable sex and what was hot sex and all of this that I'd been having all of these years with men was not. It just, there was like, it was like, I just realized that I'd been living in the dark my whole life and someone finally switched on the light and I could see the color. I was like, wait a minute, this is what sex is supposed to feel like. This is, it's felt nothing like this for me. I realized that I'd, I guess, almost been sort of like dissociating a little bit during sex. And then I think because of my job and I write and talk about sex so much and, um, you know, I tell these entertaining stories that I had sort of been leaning more and more into feeling like, I was playing this role and I didn't want to sort of break with the character that I'd created of this completely sex crazed boy crazed kind of um, girl. And so, you know, I was always talking about like all this hot sex I was having with men and how I just needed to to get the D or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think a lot of it was tied up in that whole compulsory heterosexuality, that idea that I felt that the best thing I could do was just find a man to complete me and to validate me. Um, and I never, the feelings of excitement that I got when I thought that I was falling in, um, falling for a guy, feeling sexually attracted to a guy, I realized that those feelings of excitement were feelings of excitement that a man wanted me because I realized that um, all the, you know, the relationships and stuff I'd had with men were based off a man showing that he was attracted to me, showing that he was interested in me and then me being completely thrilled by that and then feeling a sense that I also was into him. So it was almost like the sense of worthiness that you got from from men telling you that they wanted you made you attracted to them because you felt worthy? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was basically like addicted to it. You know, I, I, I would have done anything sexually. I would have been the kinkiest, most crazy girl in the bedroom. I would have been the girl who said no to nothing. And I was the girl Mm. who said, I would never say no to anything. I'd be like, yep, whatever you want, I will do it. I will be the freakiest girl that you've ever had sex with. Um, Because that seemed to result in men really wanting me, even though it was such a superficial want, because it's obviously they're, you know, wanting to have sex with you, not necessarily wanting um, falling in love with you or that sort of thing. It was very emotionally um, um, abusive, mm-hmm. uh, verbally, but he also was physically abusive okay. um, a few times. But it's just amazing that, you know, you get to that, you're like, it's not that bad. Like you almost have to tell yourself that so you can stay there. And I, um, you know, I think it's it's even still hard for me to talk about it because for that long when you've been protecting someone because you don't want people to think badly about them but also because you're embarrassed mm. that yeah. you're in that situation and you're choosing to stay in it. Um, you know, I think that people, you know, and I know I, I know I did it myself where you'd see the news and you'd be like, why did she stay with him? Like, I don't understand. And then you... You know, like now I realise that that was me. I was that person. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it just escalated from like, you know, um, I guess coming to the end, there there were a few really horrible things that happened and the funny thing is that the nail in the coffin wasn't even close to the worst. It just was just a moment. Um, you know, we probably should have at least broken up two years before we did, but we went on a cruise two years before we actually separated um it was not what I wanted to do but he really wanted to go on it so we went on this cruise and um um you know the kids had a great time but the towards the end um it was the last night and we went out um for drinks everyone goes out for drinks on the last night and you've got to put all your cases outside the room Mm. and we left the kids back in the room you know with the telly and food and everything Mm. and one of us was going back and checking on them it was just sort of down the hallway and um so we were sort of doing that like for a few hours and I turned around and we got chatting to some other people like you do on a cruise, mm. you know, it's just mm. really like, you know. Um, and I turned around at one point and he was just gone and I assumed that he um, must have gone back to check on the kids and so I kept chatting and, you know, a couple of people were like, oh, where's he gone? And I'm like, oh, he must have gone back to check on the kids. I'm sure mm. he'd be back in a second and he didn't come back and so this guy that was sitting beside me said, oh, you know, like, do you want me to get you a drink while he's you know, while you're waiting for him to come back. And I'm like, oh, 
okay, yeah, sure, like, all right then. And uh, next thing I know, like, he brought me the drink back and um, next thing I know, Justin's over his shoulder, like, screaming. And the music was quite loud where we were Mm. and we were sort of near the door but screaming. He's like, you better fuck off, mate. And this guy just, his face, he just disappeared into the crowd and he's just yelling at me and I'm like what's wrong what are you doing and he's like he's he's like you've got to come back to the room with me right now and I'm like I know the kids are back there and I'm like I'm not going back to the room with you like this you need to calm down and then I'll come back to the room with Mm. you and uh a sip of water that's getting dry (laughs) that's all right and he's like you're coming back with me now and I'm like you know just calm down and he grabbed me by the arm and pulled me and there was a few stairs down and I lost my balance and he just dragged me like up those, you know, those long carpeted hallways. Yeah, yeah. And I was calling out and I was like, you know, you're hurting me. Please stop. Please stop. And he kept dragging me. You're coming back to the room. And he rounded a corner and there was a maid out in the hallway with a trolley. And he stopped then and she called security. And um, they came and I just, at that point, I just wanted to get back to the room to my kids and I just wanted to get off that fucking boat. <laughs> um, and the the head of security was actually a woman and she came up to me and uh, she's like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, no, I, like, like it's fine, it's fine. And we'd had sort of episodes like that um, before, uh, but not in such a public place. Mm, yeah, sure. Like no one else had really been involved before. And... Um, so she went and looked at the security footage. She said I could have pressed charges if I wanted to, but it just, I was like, you know, he just dragged me up the hallway. It's just amazing where your brain goes to. Like, you just go, he just, it just, it was just. Mm, yeah. um, and so they took him away for the night because he was quite drunk. They took him away to cool down somewhere else. And um, the next morning we were all getting off the boat at like six in the morning or something. But I just remember like going back to the room and you know just the kids putting them to sleep and just being awake all night lying there looking at the roof just waiting for it to get light so I could get off that boat you know and just being embarrassed that other people had seen it and then being worried for him that they might go to the police or you know that the footage was out there um I feel so sad for you that you weren't worried for you Luke. <laughs> yeah that's what I was replaying in my mind over and over again oh. Well, it just making it okay for everyone, like especially the kids. Like I didn't want that to be their memory. Like they didn't see any of it and I just didn't want, you know, they, I just didn't want that to be a part of, of course. ruining the cruise for them, you know. Anyway, we got home and he was so apologetic. He like, he, I remember just, I sat in my room for like two days and he, I didn't know what to do and, um, He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that to my beautiful wife. And, you know, I'll never do it again. And this year's going to be different. It was always, every year it was going to be different. And every year it just, it would be better for a little bit. And then it would just get worse again. And he like, he, I didn't realise it at the time, but he'd actually taken all the skin off one of my hips. <sighs> which took a long, it was like massive carpet burn basically. Mm, it took a long time to heal. Um, and there was a scar there for a long time too. So. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.